You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Toronto Centre Podcast. I'm Shalina Vestram, Program Director at the Toronto Centre. Our conversation today will focus on how financial supervisors and regulators can use scenarios to manage risks and opportunities of climate change for the financial sector. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking virtually with Dr. Olaf Weber, a Toronto Centre Program Leader and a Professor at the School of Environment, Enterprise and Development at the University of Waterloo. In addition, Olaf holds the position as the University of Waterloo's Research Chair in Sustainable Finance and is a Senior Fellow of the Centre of International Governance Innovation, CIGI. Welcome, Olaf. Thank you, Shalina. It's always great to talk to you and to Toronto Centre. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. So before we get into the specific questions, perhaps you can take an opportunity here to make some introductory remarks to set the context. That would be very helpful. Thank you. Yes, thanks. I, I would try to do that. Um, so most of our listeners will know that in, in 2015, there was the Paris Climate Agreement that has been signed by 195 countries across the globe with the objective of keeping the global temperature below 2 degrees Celsius of pre-industrial level. So accomplishing this goal will require deliberate transition to low-carbon economy and also the management of climate risks using various regulatory and other climate transition instruments, such as macroprudential and monetary regulations as well. So climate risks that might be relevant for the financial sector are identified either as physical or as transition risks of climate change. So physical risks represent events such as climate-induced extreme weather events, for instance, floods, fires, or changes in climate patterns that cause financial loss and physical damage to assets, human lives, and other investments. Currently, we just experienced that in Canada, in the West, or in the, in the US, in Southwest, we have fires. In other parts of the world, in Europe, where I'm, I'm coming from Germany, we just had a huge flood last week. So these are these kinds of physical extreme weather events that are caused by, by climate change. The other major risk of climate change are so-called transition risks. And they are induced by the transition to low-carbon economy due to changes in policy, regulations and laws, technology or market conditions. So examples for these transition risks are, for instance, a carbon price or climate regulations. So both physical and transition risks, of course, have serious implications for financial systems as well, and they might threaten the financial stability of an economy. So the problem is that the future development of climate change is uncertain because we don't know which regulatory measures will be implemented. 
So we know that something will happen if we have an increased temperature, but we don't know what activities countries will do to mitigate these temperature rise. So we do not know how fast measures such as a price for emissions will be introduced or whether we will experience an increase in temperature by 1.5 or 2 degrees or 3 or even some say that it might be even 4 degrees if we don't do anything to mitigate climate change. So therefore, the consequences of climate change and climate change regulations on the economy and the financial industry is relatively uncertain. And supervisors should develop strategies for different types of future scenarios. So we can use future scenarios to model these issues and to figure out how we can use different tests, stress testing and others, for instance, to analyze the financial industry. And so just let me say clear, so man-made climate change is real and will have negative effects if we don't mitigate it. But the scenarios are mainly needed because we do not know which activities will be conducted to mitigate climate change. So this is maybe as a background a reminder why we need scenarios instead of different measures to uh, predict the future. Thank you, Olaf. So building on that, uh, perhaps we can elaborate a little bit more on what are climate scenarios for the financial industry then? Yeah, I'm happy to do so. So, so as I mentioned, scenarios are possible future states of the world. They have been used in business context to generate business strategy that are robust with regard to different future developments. They also have been used in climate research to predict different trajectories with regard to climate change and to manage transition processes. So they offer outlooks of future states of the world, for instance, under the assumption of different developments in temperature rise or in political activities with regard to climate change. However, in contrast to other forecasting methods, scenario analysis does not try to find the one most likely future development, but it opens a space of possible directions. So the advantage of this method is that it helps to be prepared for uncertain future developments instead of focusing just on the most likely one, as we usually do with less complex issues, or if you want to predict unemployment or financial development. So well-known scenarios are the climate scenarios of the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the so-called shell scenarios that exist since, I think, the 1960s, and they try to assess future states of the world. In addition, the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosure that has been founded by the G20 recommends the use of scenarios to assess climate-related risks and opportunities for the financial sector in combination with stress testing. So we need both. We need to develop certain scenarios and then we can conduct supervision and stress testing. So scenarios are tools for the financial industry to develop strategies that are able to address different future developments. Yeah, thank you for that. So you've mentioned a little bit about why climate scenarios are needed for supervision. But let's get a little bit more in detail about why do we need climate scenarios for the supervision of the financial industry? Yeah, that's a great question. So as mentioned before, we cannot use the usual linear prediction regression models for future developments anymore if we want to integrate climate risks and opportunities into the supervision of the financial industry. So many development, for instance, such as employment rate or inflation, are relatively easy to predict, and models exist 
how to manage these risks and how to predict these risks. However, climate change impacts are different. They are new, they are nonlinear, they are complex, and the impacts on the financial industry as well are not well known. So one method to assess climate-related risk of the financial industry that is usually used is stress testing. And we know this, this is nothing new. So stress testing analyzes whether financial institutions or the financial industry have the financial capital to react to crisis. We know that from the last financial crisis in 2008-2010, we use stress testing to figure out whether these different banks or the financial industry is able to react to the, this crisis. So recently, some supervisors and also researchers started stress testing with regard to climate change. So they analyze how a portfolio is exposed to climate change. For instance, how many loans are given to industries that are exposed to climate change, such as the fossil fuel industry, or how many loans have been granted in regions that are exposed to climate change. And I think everybody can relatively easily understand that the portfolio exposure is, can be affected by climate change. However, since we do not exactly know the future development with regard to climate change and connected political reactions, we need to use scenarios to conduct the stress testing. So we need to know what are the different future outcomes and then can test with regard to these different future outcomes. So stress testing and scenario development go pretty hand in hand, while the first stress testing is a pretty common way for supervisors to analyze the industry, while scenarios are probably a rather new uh, method to do that. And would you say that not only supervisors and researchers, but also banks and financial institutions in generally also sort of use stress testing and are expanding their toolbox to do scenario testing as well or scenarios? Yes, they can. And as I mentioned before, so Shell, one of the biggest companies in the world, they did it. But now also banks start to do that. I think in Canada as well, with Bank of Canada and OSFI and some financial players start to develop these scenarios as well. So these are the big banks and insurance companies in Canada that want to use these scenarios in the future. So that because uh, scenarios is sort of compared to stress testing, scenarios is sort of more now being used. Can you maybe talk a little bit about how supervisors can develop and use scenarios? Yeah, sure. So I think supervisors should incorporate both local and global climate change predictions. So the global, of course, they are available at IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or at, of course, the local ministries for environment climate change, depending how they are called. But also IPCC has local scenarios as well. So this is the first step. So you have to know what kind of different climate change scenarios exist. And secondly, supervisors should try to assess different possible regulative actions to climate change. So maybe a government introduces a carbon price during the next five years. Maybe they introduce a price on carbon much later or never. Maybe they don't react at all. Maybe they pick different ways for, for instance, regulations and so on. So that's the next step. So the supervisor should figure out what are the different options in the country and also in other countries. So it, especially it depends on if a country is very export oriented, then the economy can be influenced by 
activities, climate-related activities by other countries as well. So these options can be built into these scenarios. Of course, there's also other data that should be integrated, general economic development, the domestic industry composition, for instance, is very important. So currently, for instance, we work on a study in Canada, and Canada has a very high amount of GDP coming from your oil sands, from mining, and so on, so from a high-emitting industry. So this is very specific, and this should be incorporated into scenarios as well. Other countries might be more depending on tourism, for instance, in, in the south. And, and so these different domestic industry compositions should be integrated as, as well and addressed. So based on, on these inputs, maybe three scenarios are usually that's a good number. So you have a kind of business as usual scenario, one that says maybe there is less activities than expected. And maybe another one that says there's more activities than expected. And so with using these scenarios, supervisors can assess risks and opportunities for the financial industry. And as I mentioned before, implement stress testing. So there are some examples already. The Bank of England was one of the first that developed these scenarios and conducted stress testing based on these scenarios. And they have published reports. So everybody who's interested can Google for these Bank of England reports. They have really good reports that show how these scenarios can be used and connected with stress testing. The Bank of Canada, in collaboration with the with OSFI as well, as I mentioned before, and some other major financial institutions have also started to work on climate change scenarios to understand the risks to the financial system. Specifically, again, as I mentioned before, the physical impact and the transition to a low-carbon economy. So they had just worked on that. There was a meeting, I think, last week, a kind of an expert meeting on that. And I think we will we'll hear soon about these scenarios. So, and as I mentioned, particularly for Canada, such an approach is important. We rely on high-emitting industries. On the other hand, we are even more affected by climate warming than other countries, especially in the north. So we have much higher temperature increase in the north. And so it will be pretty important to find out what, how these risks will impact the financial industry in Canada. Just to follow up on that, so we talked about uh, supervisors developing and using scenarios. Any special considerations that should be taken into the thinking of scenarios if we're talking about developed countries versus developing countries? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. In principle, the application and the development is pretty similar in, in, in both. Of course, often developed countries can use standard scenarios pretty often that are used, let's say, for industrialized countries in the West, while developing countries are often exposed to more specific risks and opportunities. So let's say an island, for an instance, might be exposed to flooding or storms because of climate change then this is probably a major, major risk that should be integrated into a scenario. But then in collaboration between supervisors and stakeholders, maybe industry, banks, other experts in the regions, specific climate-related impacts might be explored. For instance, if you look on sea level rise, one of the consequences of, of an increase in temperature, this might affect coastal regions in developing countries. Uh, and consequently, certain economic sectors. So this might be fisheries, let's say, in India or on, other, on, on islands or tourism as well. 
you know, if you if you have a look in the, in the Caribbean islands, they are heavily depending on tourism, and there might be sea level rise that might have a negative effect on tourism and, and on especially on the assets that are at the coast there. So supervisors might focus on the main local impacts, and these might be two, three impacts, and develop strategies for managing the risks and opportunities for the financial industry there. And maybe as an advice, so there, there is the network for central banks and supervisors for greening the financial system, in short, NF, NGFS. And so this is a global network that consists of central banks and financial supervisors working on topics around finance and environment. And also there, they offer support for developing climate change scenarios and have guidelines and reports, so on, that smaller supervisors or maybe supervisors from developing countries can access there. On the theme of developing countries, many supervisors and regulators, particularly in the developing countries, have multiple mandates, uh, not only financial stability, but financial inclusion, responsible you know, market development, consumer protection, etc., all under one umbrella. So can you give us some pointers on how can climate scenario work, either pose risk, slow down the work that has been done so far on social goals like the UN SDGs, or offer opportunities to build on the work that has been done so far in this area? Yeah, the ex- excellent question. In, in general, I think you know, climate change is, is probably mainly a sustainable development problem. So it's often a social issue. Some are affected more by climate change th- than others. Some have more impact on climate change than others. So I totally agree that, that these different aspects of sustainable development are totally intertwined. So, And I, because of that, I would not say that the focus on climate change will drive us away from other social issues, but maybe even connect to these issues even more. So in general, these climate scenarios can be used for other, let's say, sustainable development goals as well. We, we see how important this might be if, if we just look three years back, three years ago, nobody had ever expected SDG health will be the big topic in the next three years. And now we have a, have a pandemic where we see, okay, this is a major issue. And again, there's a connection to climate change as well. In the beginning, we had less emissions because there were not that many flights, not that many people were driving and, and so on. And, and so there's a clear connection there. But also other sustainability-related developments might take different routes and are, are hard to predict similar to climate change. And we have seen that through the pandemic, SDG health, what we probably see differently now than three years ago. Another one might be SDG 16 that talks about justice, peace, strong institutions. Nobody knows which direction will we go there. Is there development to more strong democratic institution? Will there be more authoritarian governments in the future? We don't know. And as again, you know, this is these are typical scenarios that can be used, you know, different types of scenarios. So, of course, these developments have an impact on the financial sector as well. So, as an advice, I would try to build in these interconnections between climate change and the different sustainability goals into these these scenarios. And I've done this with students at the university as well. And this might might be something that a supervisor can do with internal experts uh, in the country. 
And so many countries have these domestic dashboards for sustainable development goals, for instance, and this data can be used to develop these different SDG-related scenarios that do not only address climate change. And yeah, they might be very helpful also for supervisors to assess and manage future risk. Now we are focusing on climate and probably also health. We don't know what are the next next big topics. So um, I think the scenario analysis is definitely useful to address the sustainability question. Thank you for that. So we've talked about, we've had a conversation around what climate scenarios are you've explained, why are they needed, how to develop and use them, and then their interconnectedness to social development goals. Any final thoughts on this area of climate scenarios? Yeah, sure. You know, I think in general, we learn that even a financial supervisor, and they were very focused on very few specific indicators. You know, it was unemployment, inflation, more or less, and banks, capital. These were the three points they mainly focused on. And they were definitely their experts in that. But I think supervisors need to increase the understanding of climate change-related risks and also of other risks. You know, what is the impact of social risks on, on the financial industry, for instance? They need to learn to assess these risk management capabilities for financial institutions with regard to these new complex changes. And so they need to assess quality of disclosure as well. You know, based on the climate scenarios, we have to really figure out how good are climate risk disclosures of, of the financial industry, for instance. You know, are they valid? Are they reliable? And so they have to yeah, integrate these non-financial issues into their analysis to analyze the, the stability of the financial, uh, financial industry. And so these scenarios are useful tools to assess and manage these risks for the opportunities for the financial sector. However, they are rather qualitative and include different options of future developments. What has some risks, because, you know, if you develop a strategy based on different scenarios, you might be criticized that these scenarios were not the right ones or they were too uncertain and why you have done, have, have done a certain activity. So it's different. We have to live with the knowledge that we, with we rely on more qualitative uh, future, future outlooks. And this is new, of course, for the financial industry that usually works with facts and figures. And so, um, but I think because these future developments are much more uncertain and dynamic as in the past, the scenarios will really help to address risk and opportunities that cannot be uh, addressed using the conventional methods that we know so far. Yeah, and just building on that, Toronto Centre has done a lot of work relating to climate change, climate risk supervision, etc. And we've actually compiled a list of all these activities, and they can be found on our website at www.torontocenter.org. A lot of good materials, Toronto Centre notes, papers, webinars, and podcasts can be found there as well. Olaf, this session has been very insightful, as you've highlighted, especially with examples, how financial supervisors and regulators can use scenarios as part of their financial supervisory tools to manage risks and opportunities of climate change. Thank you for your time. 
Thanks a lot. And uh, thanks for having me. It was great to talk to you about this very important topic. Thank you. You've been listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you.